Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone. We've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into justice, drawdown, and divestment for biodiversity. These stories are all truly incredible, and they're reminders to me that conservation can actually work. Okay, let's jump right into it with justice. Coming from the narwhal.ca, this is a story we've been following. Um, charges dropped against journalists arrested on Wet'suwet'en territory. Um, I've mispronounced that term a lot. Um, and I just can't say it right, so I apologize. Charges have been dropped against journalists Amber Bracken and Michael Toledano, who were arrested and detained for three nights on civil contempt charges while reporting on militarized police raids on Wet'suwet'en territory in Northwest BC on November 19th. Their arrests drew international media attention and marked, on, marked an escalation in an ongoing battle between journalists and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police over the right to report from within injunction zones without risking arrest. The plaintiff, Coastal GasLink Pipeline, owned by TC Energy, filed earlier last week to discontinue proceedings against the two journalists on charges of civil contempt of court. Bracken and Toledano have also been relieved of their terms of the release, which included agreement to appear in court on February 14, 2022, and to obey a coastal gas link injunction. Bracken, who was on assignment for the Narwhal at the time of her arrest, said she's relieved the charges have been dropped, but the fundamental issue has not been resolved. I should never have been arrested or charged, let alone detained, in the first place, Bracken said. I can't get those days of my life and work back. Nothing in these proceedings provides any feedback to the RCMP for their gross interference with journalists. So what's stopping police from just doing it again? As the Narwhal reported at the time of Bracken's arrest, the RCMP were tracking her in Toledano in a database of police investigations, a practice which raises, raises questions about the RCMP's characterization of journalists who report on social conflict or within injunction zones. At the time of their arrests, the RCMP seized recording devices and professional equipment from both journalists, actions that prevented the public from witnessing police conduct during the raid, where more than a dozen land defenders were also arrested. So this was um, a really big story um, and still continues to be, um, and really happy to see that there is some sort of forward progress on that. Okay, the second category we have here is Drawdown. Um, these are some really interesting uh, stories here. The first one is from, um, it's called I Love Science. It's iflscience.com. 
world's largest wind farm has officially started producing power. This is also another story that we've been um, paying attention to for almost two years. Uh, so it's exciting to see it's coming together. Uh, okay, electricity has started flowing from the Horn Sea 2 wind farm, which will become the world's largest offshore wind farm when it is complete. Located off the UK's east coast, it's unlikely to hold the title long, however. The expansion of onshore wind has flattened out, but offshore is very much in the expon exponential growth phase, and some immense projects are under development and consideration. China's largest offshore wind farm reached full operation a day later. When complete, Horn C2 will consist of 165 Siemens Gamasa wind turbines, each with a peak capacity of 8, of 8 megawatts. Many of those turbines are still to be installed, but the offshore substation and associated equipment for smoothing fluctuations were completed in October. And shortly before Christmas, developer Orsted announced power had started to flow from the first turbines. On its first morning of operations, it contributed to wind power, providing almost 50% of Britain's electricity. <laughs> oh man. Um, at 1,320 megawatts, equal to 1.3 million typical UK homes, Horn C2 will take the title of world's largest from the neighboring Horn C1, which has smaller but more numerous turbines, for a total capacity of 1,218 megawatts. The development coincides with China's largest offshore wind farm, Zhengzhou Guidong, being connected to the grid at full capacity on Christmas Day. At a total of 802 megawatts, Jingzhou Jidong is behind either Horn Sea stage, but it is twice the size of the next largest existing offshore wind farm outside Northern Europe. Where European and North American wind farms usually standardize by using a single size and make of turbine to save costs, Jiangsu Guidong has gone in the opposite direction using seven models from four different manufacturers. Regardless of how they do it, this is remarkable news and really great to see that wind is contributing to more of the grid. Our next story is from MSN.com. Uh, this is fantastic. Court orders Shell to halt Wild Coast seismic blasting. Judge Gerald Blome on Tuesday morning stopped Shell from continuing with the survey, which kicked off on December 2nd. Richard Spoor Attorneys and the Legal Resources Center, acting on behalf of the Duesa Cuebe, Amadiba, and Port St. John's communities, as well as environmental organizations, argued that the seismic surveying was devastating to the marine environment as well as harmful to communities' rights and reliance on the sea for sustenance, income, and cultural practices. Shell warned during the legal arguments that if the interim interdict was granted, it might have to walk away from the entire operation, including the possibility of extracting any oil and gas which might have been found during the controversial seismic survey. It says its losses would amount to some 1 billion South African rand which I think, uh, I did a brief conversion, I think it converts to uh, 70 million US. So I'm sorry, Shell has to walk away from 70 million dollars US. <laughs> Last one in the drawdown categories, this one's from ecowatch.com. Developers cancel Oregon pipeline and LNG export terminal. 
People have been fighting this for a very long time, so this is really cool. Okay, developers of what have what would have been the first liquid natural gas export terminal on the west coast officially abandoned the project. The project developers said they are not pursuing construction of the Pacific Connector Pipeline nor the Jordan Cove Export Terminal in Coos Bay, Oregon, because they were unable to obtain necessary state permits. The move is a win for landowners, tribes, and conservation groups across southern Oregon who fought the proposed pipeline and export facility for 17 years. The three-foot-wide, 229-mile-long pipeline would have carried methane-based gas from Canada to the Oregon facility where it would have been shipped to international markets. The at least $8 billion cancellation is the latest of several LNG projects canceled or delayed in the past Last category, last article. This one's super interesting. Uh, this one's actually from nasdaq.com. Norway Wealth Fund divests from China's Yunnan Baiyao over pangolins. Norway's $1.4 trillion wealth fund has divested from Chinese pharmaceutical firm Yunnan Baiyao, saying the decision was because the company uses and sells body parts from pangolins, an endangered species. The fund also said in a statement issued uh, last week that it had put Marfig Global Foods, one of Brazil's largest producers of beef, under observation for possible exclusion from its investments for contributing to severe environmental damage. The Norway Wealth Fund, one of the world's largest investors, follows an ethical mandate set by parliament and is not allowed to invest in companies that produce nuclear weapons, tobacco, or cluster munitions, among other things. The fund held a 0.11% stake in Yunnan Baiyao worth $23 million at the end of 2020, according to the fund data. It did not say when it had made the divestment. Regardless, this is a step in the right direction and really interesting to see these um, different financial mechanisms used. I hope these stories bring some optimism, some lightness to your month, and uh, I look forward to sharing more in the future. Thanks. Thanks.